When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Less than two weeks ago, or 13 days to be exact, the Montreal Canadiens were down 3-1 to to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Seemingly without answers, and on the verge of being the second team eliminated after starting the postseason five days after it initially began. Seven consecutive wins later, and they are now the first team to gain entry into the NHL semifinals in this COVID season. And of course, they are kings of the North. It's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. Justin Cuthbert back with you. Yes, the story of the night is the Montreal Canadiens, the last team to clinch a postseason spot, and the team with the 18th best record in the NHL this season is on to round three after a series sweep of the Winnipeg Jets. It was a 3-2 victory that did it, and it was clinched 99 seconds into overtime on a Tyler Toffoli winner. Shout out to the Montreal Canadiens for getting this done, uh, for not dragging out a series in which they were clearly clearly the superior team, and for getting it done early in overtime. 99 seconds, as I mentioned. We like to see that. Yeah, many things fell in the favor of Montreal in these playoffs so far, but when it came to Habs and Jets in this exact moment in time, it was clear which team was best. And it was clear which team was best in this game for 42-16 to 16 the shots, with Montreal having the chance to eliminate its opponent. More things you love to see. Um, so the, the winner I mentioned belonged to Tyler Toffoli, and he's one of two sources of insane value that hooked up for the overtime winner. We had Toffoli scoring the goal, and we had Cole Caulfield with the cross-ice pass. Now, Toffoli signed a four-year deal in free agency worth just over $4 million. He had 28 goals in 52 games in the regular season. He now has 32 in 63 games total. If you combined what he's done in the playoffs so far, and you know, that's good value. That's great value. You've got someone who's scoring at the very top of the league or close to maybe in that second tier for just over $4 million. And of course you've got Cole Caulfield, the diminutive, diminutive overtime king for Montreal. Now with primaries on two of the three overtime goals the Habs have scored in these playoffs. And he's value in form of, well, entry level. Also a player that wasn't even with the team, what, six, eight, maybe ten weeks ago. And a player that was chosen 15th overall in the NHL draft. And I think the Habs have a good one and maybe one that exceeds the value of a normal 15th overall pick. In the series, you know, we, 
I think we were waiting to see a few things in this series. I mean, we were waiting to see more than a few things, I guess. The Jets being a competitive team was, I guess, at the top of that list. But in order for us to see something different, you know, from the previous three games, we needed to see, I think, the Jets with a lead. And that didn't happen. Canadians didn't didn't trail at all in this series and haven't trailed in some time. But we did see the makings of a comeback, which was unexpected. Unexpected because it was led by Logan Stanley, the towering defenseman from the Jets who does not score many goals and probably hasn't had multi-goal games at any reasonable level of competition in quite some time. Uh, but his goals came about three minutes apart or so in the second period. And, you know, I mentioned about as unlikely as a scenario as possible and maybe something emblematic of the bigger issues at play for Winnipeg. I mean, even after being gifted this miracle comeback from this unlikely impossible source, the big guys, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Stastny, Ehlers, they still couldn't manage a single thing offensively and the dominance that Montreal's had at the margins throughout the series just continued to win out as the big guys for the Jets, who got it done versus Edmonton, continued to just be silent throughout this series. The dominance at the margins, I think it's best representative in Corey Perry and that fourth line of Eric Stahl and Yoel Armia. I mean, Perry in particular, in this, in this series, he just could not be contained in the matchup that he matchups that he's in if it's possible to be an elite offensive fourth line player who's at its best when he's in the postseason Perry is that player he just feasts on lesser defenders and fourth line competition and it wasn't him that scored the goals tonight but it was him that helped get things started again it was other unlikely stories sources from Montreal scoring the goals and, you know, setting up those goals before overtime, it was Lekkanen and Kulak and Gustafson. Eric Gustafson scoring his first uh, as a Montreal Canadian in this big game. Um, they were the ones that provided the decisive action in this game, aside from what happened in overtime. But it's Perry who just continues to set the tone and be sort of a picture of the larger happenings going on with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we've probably gone too far in this podcast to not have mentioned Carey Price. Again, with him, we're not really talking about anything exceptional. And I mentioned he was beaten twice by Logan Stanley, and those shots were not affected by traffic or tips. He was just beat clean by two shots from distance from Logan Stanley. But if you're the Winnipeg Jets and you only muster 16 shots against Carey Price at the level he's at right now, uh, you're not going to win many games. Since the Montreal Canadiens had their backs pressed against the wall by the Maple Leafs in the first round, they were down 3-1 in the series, Carey Price is 7-0 with a 1.64 goals against, a 9.43 save percentage that would have looked even better if Logan Stanley didn't find a way to beat him twice. And of course, he's got the one shutout. Uh, he's just been tremendous. He's been full value, Carey Price, on that $10.5 million salary. We talked about it at length in the previous podcast with Jolene McKenzie, so I won't belabor the point, but Carey Price is showing up. He is still the player that we've grown accustomed to or had grown accustomed to many years before, winning Hart trophies, winning Vesna trophies, starring on the big stage. Carey Price still has that in his capabilities. Also in this game, I guess after the game, we sort of saw the hallmarks of the Canadians' series victories. A couple of trends emerging here. We've got Philip Deneau crushing pizza in the postgame. Too many toppings on this one. I, I I don't know who ordered or 
who delivered that pizza, uh, but they were falling off a little sloppy. Uh, I'm not sure that was the best choice of pizza, but I mean, it all probably tastes the same. It probably tastes quite good if you're Phil Deneau right now. Uh, we also had, in terms of trends, we had Mark Bergevin continuing to lose it in that red suit that literally matches the color of the Montreal Canadiens jerseys, just dapping up players with all this excitement after the game. I like that. We also had Carey Price completely unmoved by the situation, barely any reaction from him, which is sort of his own personal hallmark. We also had the largest smile one can produce, and it might be to scale, but Cole Caulfield's smile literally can barely fit on that face because it is so wide. And this last one, I hope, continues. It is the passive aggressiveness in interviews from Tyler Toffoli, who wanted nothing more to, but to take the headset off in his Kyle Bukowski's interview with Sportsnet and party with the boys in the locker room. And I enjoyed that quite a bit. As for the Jets, um, unbelievably weird season, unbelievably weird postseason. Um, in the postseason, four wins, four losses, absolutely zero intrigue throughout. It's hard to be involved in two series back-to-back that become meaningless as quickly as they possibly can. And the Jets managed to do that by sweeping the Edmonton Oilers in the first round and then by getting swept by the Montreal Canadiens in the second round. And to boot, I mean, I, I don't want to diminish anything Montreal has done, but a little bit more meaningless in the fact that did anyone actually think the Winnipeg Jets could beat either Colorado or Vegas in the, in the third round? I don't think anyone thought that. So Winnipeg's place in these playoffs sort of became irrelevant quickly by the strengths of the Montreal Canadiens and what lies ahead, at least for the winners of the North division. What did we learn about the jets? I have no idea. Um, I think we're assuming that Pierre-Luc Dubois and Paul Stastny had pretty serious injuries. Only Stastny missed time. And if Pierre-Luc Dubois didn't have an injury, then that's a, a bigger problem and a bigger issue unto itself. Honestly, I mean, we knew Hellebuck was a great goaltender. We proved that again. But all we really know is that their depth just isn't good enough. Still isn't good enough. Why they didn't go out and get more at the trade deadline, I will never know. Because they were, they had just as good of a chance as any. Clearly, the fourth best team in the North in the regular season, the 18th best team in the NHL in the regular season, was able to win this division in the end. So they had a chance. And... It, it just seems totally unconvincing from about the time that the trade deadline ended to this point where the Jets were lifted from this series in four games. Okay, there was another game tonight. Stories mostly about Montreal, but the New York Islanders did beat the Boston Bruins 5-4 to four in Game 5, now lead the series 3-2, and they can advance into Round 3 and become East Division champions with a win on home ice in what I assume will be Wednesday night. Haven't looked that far ahead at Nassau Coliseum to keep the party going there on Long Island. As much it is about the Islanders, though, I think the the conversation right now in this series is more about the Boston Bruins, and that's probably because of things we heard in the post game. But as a general rule, or as a saying, or just sort of the reality of the situation, the live by the sword, die by the sword thing is applying to Boston right now. The Bruins have leaned on one thing, maybe more than anything else in the last few postseasons, which have been fairly successful, uh, which is to win the special teams battle. 
And to continue leaning on that, Bruce Cassidy, their head coach, is now leaning on the officials. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be a memorable quote by any means, something that goes down and lives on in top 10 lore. Uh, but he tried to coin the phrase, the New York Saints, by spinning a narrative that, or by suggesting that the Islanders spin a narrative that suggests they are a squeaky clean team that doesn't do anything wrong. So he's calling out the officials and his exact words were the exact calls that get called on us don't get called on them. So we've seen this tactic many times before. We've seen it in these playoffs already before where the coach comes out, risks the the idea or risks the uh, risk getting fined um, in order to buy, I think, you're almost purchasing or attempting to purchase calls in future games. And I think that's exactly what Bruce Cassidy is trying to do. He's trying to suggest to the officials that they should, they should take a bit of a harder look at the Islanders in future games. And when you pull this move off or when you attempt to pull this move off, you do it when your back's against the wall. And that's just the situation that the Bruins find themselves in. Because, and, he, and he's right to do it in this case, because special teams have been the issue. Uh, the Bruins have spent considerably less time on the power play. Uh, New York has about 25 minutes to date, while the Bruins have about 15 minutes of power play ice. And, you know, they're they're kind of performing at the same rate in terms of scoring goals, but the fact that the Islanders have had more time means they've had more opportunity, and they're now winning the special teams ba- battle. They've, they've uh, scored six goals in the 25 minutes mentioned, while the Boston Bruins have four goals in the 15 minutes. The thing with all this, though, is it's not a coincidence. The Islanders in the regular season spent less time on the penalty kill than any other team. I don't think every referee looked at the Islanders and Barry Trotz and said, hey, I respect you guys. I'm going to keep my whistle away a little bit more with you guys. No, it's the fact that the Islanders are just a more disciplined team. So the Boston Bruins are running into a problem here because we talk about how the rules seem to cater to the Bruins in the postseason more than other teams. It's, the, it's not that, you know, they get away with more, per se, but the fact that the game changes a little bit, the infractions or what could be considered an infraction, that, that level of activity raises, and the referees just can't call everything. They just can't call everything. And when not everything can be called, the Bruins, who play tough, but usually within reason, but sometimes they go over the line, and sometimes maybe more they go over the line more than their opponent – that all seems to benefit them because they can get away with certain things. And that environment that the postseason usually create is what sets the Boston Bruins up for success, but only when they're the ones that can, you know, get as many power plays as the other team and win with their special teams. But if they're giving up more power plays and they're not killing penalties very well, then they're in some trouble. But the fact of the matter is in this game that they did go over the line on a few occasions and there were legitimate penalties. There isn't much beef there when you look at what they were called for. I do expect the referees to hear Bruce Cassidy, but this argument in this case might fall a little flat because I'm not like, we just saw cross checks to the head and open ice. You have to call that. It just has to be called Bruce. Away from special teams, the Bruins were dominant at even strength, which is probably a predictable um, predictable outcome. It's been that way all series, maybe not to the extent it was in Game 5. Uh, but again, the Islanders got on those power plays, and Matt Barzell has been quiet in these playoffs, you know, helped that power play get going. And with the power play going and Barzell going, 
and the opportunities they've had, it's led to these back-to-back wins and now a series lead. Um, so we'll see if anything changes in game six uh, with Boston probably being an environment that's not perfect for them, which is playing at Nassau Coliseum. As for the Islanders, I think we have to squash the idea of them being a boring team. They didn't put up massive shots tonight. Uh, they didn't exactly bring the game to Boston by any means. They were outshot 44-20 to 20 in the game. But they've been involved in way more thrillers than duds this postseason. And they're actually involved in, like they're hitting the over time and time and time again. In fact, only the Avalanche and the Lightning have been averaging more goals per whatever unit of measurement time that you want to use. Uh, and the ones they scored tonight were aesthetically pleasing. I'm like, you're really going to, they're not crashing the crease and just digging in goals and, and winning games that way. No, they, they, put together some pretty nice movement in the offensive zone and scored goals because of it. But here's the kicker this year with the Islanders. They're actually being scored on more than any other team remaining in the postseason. So no, the Islanders are not a boring team. If they do advance to the third round and say they rematch the Tampa Bay Lightning, who they lost to in the conference finals, the Eastern Conference finals in the bubble last year, then maybe they turn into more of a recluse but here and now, the New York Islanders, a boring team, I'm not buying it right now. Elsewhere in the game, I, I'm sort of kicking myself because I didn't put an anytime goals bet at plus 125 on David Pasternak after he walked in with the pesto, pistachio, mint, whatever color green or shade of green you want to call it. It was a beautiful number and you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, David Pasternak, just by suit alone deserved uh that victory unfortunately for him it didn't come but he did get that goal and he rewarded anyone who saw it and thought well there's no way he's not gonna be on the board tonight um okay so we'll leave monday's action there it's a big one tuesday night though i'd say the three teams that most people would peg as front runners for the stanley cup will be in action the only one that wouldn't be in that tier right now would be the carolina hurricanes and they'll be looking to stave off elimination in game five on home ice with the tampa bay lightning looking to close things out you talk about issues on the power play and penalty kill i mean that series has been more than symptomatic of that with tampa bay getting back into game four specifically with their power play and just wreaking havoc on anyone who tries to defend it so far in these playoffs and then in the nightcap if tampa bay uh can get through uh we won't have the same opportunity to see that in vegas and colorado in their game five um but they'll certainly have a keen eye on that game if they are indeed able to punch their ticket into the third round because vegas and colorado at the very height of the game right now um vegas has taken back control in the series winning two games on home ice but colorado now will have the chance to get that lead back with a game five back at ball arena in Denver. Before my voice goes, uh, we'll close it there. Uh, but again, the Montreal Canadians Kings of the North. Uh, I not, I'm not sure we're going to look back too fondly on this Canadian division experiment. It was a great idea in theory. I thought it would captivate the nation and keep all seven fan bases as engaged as possible. Um, but as we've sort of discussed uh, previously on this podcast, only the Montreal Canadiens or only the winner of the division would be satisfied with the result, plus the Ottawa Senators, who had quite a good season despite not making it into the postseason in probably 
certainly the worst division in hockey. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of teams north of the border are going to be feeling sorry for themselves all summer, but the Montreal Canadiens won't be one of them because after falling behind 3-1 to the Maple Leafs, they've now won seven straight games and they've showed this, the form that wasn't even apparent at the very start of the season when they were labeled juggernauts by certain friends of the program. Uh, but they'll be on to round three. They will face the winner of Vegas and Colorado. It might be ugly then, uh, but the puzzle continues the pieces of the puzzle continue to come together here with Montreal being the first team into round three. We will see who joins them as the Yahoo Sports podcast continues to roll on. We'll talk soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.